at least living in Mexico on the uh, in Lake Chapala, it's like six Saturdays and a Sunday. Okay, that's what the nice. week is. Six Saturdays and a Sunday. <laughs> nice. You got one day where you're like, oh, let's let's chill out on the activities here. Let's let's rest a little bit. Only go out for lunch. Right. That's it. All right. So you're living you're living the good life down I, there. I promise you that I am. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 401. In Mexico, residents can pay their taxes with artwork. Let's just hope it's better artwork than that banana duct taped to a wall. It's winter right now, and while I'm not in Mexico like today's guest escaping the winter... I am escaping the winter somewhere almost equally as glorious, and that is sunny St. Pete, Florida. And the best thing about this trip, okay, well, let me back that up. The best thing is that I am recording while I am looking at the beach, watching the waves come in. So that's the best thing. Second best thing is that instead of it being 30 degrees and rainy and cold, instead it's 75 degrees Fahrenheit, sunny and gorgeous. But the other cool part about this trip is that I only had to pack two pairs of shoes. That's right. I have flip-flops for the beach, and I have my Suaves. And that's what I love about Suaves so much. Not only are they crazy comfortable and also really, really stylish, they pack up really light, and you can wear them for almost any type of activity. They're super versatile. So for this trip... Over, it's like a week and a half trip to Florida. I only needed two things, my flip-flops and my suave. So if you're looking for the best travel shoe, one that you can take anywhere in the world, check it out, suaves.com. That's S-U-A-V-S.com. You can use the special promo code EPOP, and that'll get you 15% off anything you order over at suaves.com. They are my travel shoe of choice. They are Heather's travel shoe of choice. And they should now be your travel shoe of choice. Swabs.com. Use the promo code EPOP. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who retired at the age of 52 and moved to Mexico as a single middle-aged retiree and who now wants to help others do that exact same thing, Queen Michelle, author of Considerations, A Guide to Moving Abroad. Queen, thanks for joining me and a huge welcome to you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So I want to I want to dive into this story because it's not often okay. that you get an email that says like I am a middle-aged retiree single person who moved <laughs> abroad, right? That's a very specific niche and one that as far as I'm concerned and you could tell me about this too is pretty underserved because there's not that much information out there, right? That's absolutely correct. And not only that too, a female traveling alone Mm. And then I'm African American too, so that just adds another little spin to it. I mean, you just 
<laughs> layers on layers on layers, right? I mean, here you are. You're, I mean, it's, it's a bit of an anomaly, I think, in the travel world. And I love that you said, hey, I want to show people that they can do it. It's like not everyone might be in your exact situation. They might not have retired early. They might right, not be African-American. Right. They might not be right, single. Right. But if you are all of those things that a lot of people see as roadblocks or obstacles mm-hmm. or unique, you can there still you do go. it. And then if there you, you aren't those things, you can also do it, right? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm speaking to a demographic here in a sense, you know, those yep. from all walks, it can be done. I have um, talked to a single father. Okay. And, 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 and Utah who, who has reached out to me and, and then older females who are in their 70s, 60s. Me and my sister are thinking about retiring. Tell me more about it. Um, all walks, all yeah. walks, even cu- and couples as well. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's one of those things that obviously if you are in the demographic that Queen is in, she's going to speak directly to you and you're probably not going to have that many other voices that are are so consistent with your situation, but if you're wow. not, if you're like me and you're just saying, "Hey, well, I'm not ready to retire, but I could certainly learn a thing or two." There that's going to speak to you yeah. as well. So Exactly. How long All right, so how long were you planning this out because you retired at 52. Was this something that had been like an inkling that had been in your brain for a while or was it a spur of the moment decision? Well, I'll tell you this, um, Trev, I was a school teacher. I taught school elementary and middle school for 27 years. Now I retired at 52. I really was trying, I was really considering doing three more years. 30 and out. Okay. But at 27, at 27 years and the age of 52, those three years seem like an eternity. So at 52, yes, I did retire. And for a minute, Hey, I was kind of having fun. You know, I was doing all kinds of fun things to supplement a very small pension uh, from teaching, very small pension. And, um, for a year, I was Ubering. I did Lyft. I I um I rented out a room in my home for Airbnb. I was merchandising, secret shopping. I was a shuttle driver for a, a railroad company, um, a transportation company that served the railroad. And I was taking engineers and conductors to and from their train. I was uh, working for an educational software company, um, critiquing lessons and sending it up into the cloud. I was having a ball. But after a while, it was like, what if I don't want to get up in the morning? What if I don't want to? But to supplement my pension, I was always going to have to work. You know, mm-hmm. this big epiphany came to me that, wait a minute. Yeah, this was fun and all, but I'm going to always have to do this in order to supplement my pension to live comfortably. So, um, that's when it hit. That's when the lie became very apparent to me. And what I mean by that is that you can work 30, 35, 40 years and then retire. But what you're going to find, I'm talking the average American, okay? I'm a school teacher. Um, What they'll find if they don't have that savings, you know, through that 401k or whatever, you're going to have to actually, here it is, guys continue to work. 
You're going to have to continue to work to supplement. And I didn't want to be 70 years old saying, welcome to Walmart, Mm, you know, because I'm trying to supplement. So that was the catalyst. That thought was the catalyst that had me take a look at the top 10 places to retire financially. And so here we go. I read that article in uh, International Living. Okay. There we go. So now I'm researching Belize, Costa Rica, Mexico, Ecuador, Nicaragua, um, Honduras, those places, Thailand, um, Colombia. Those are the places I researched. And after coming upon and deciding on Mexico, and I'll tell you the reasons for that, uh, I researched, well, not research, I, after researching, I planned and prepared for a year Okay. before I actually took that, so, that leap into Mexico. So yeah. you were, you were retired for about a year yes. and, and enjoying and, and enjoying it, but having to do like all these odd jobs that were fun, <laughs> but yeah. not something you want to do forever. Right. Then you said, Oh, wait a second. What am I going to do? And then you spent a year after that researching, preparing, planning yes. Yes. to make that that trek now where were you living at that point what what type because you said because i think you're right for the average american if you're not putting away or you're not in a high salary position you're just a there regular job yeah it, you know to, to retire you're either gonna have to cut back drastically or you're gonna have oh. to keep working or you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to downsize. you downsize. come on so, let's take a look at the real yeah, right exactly. so where were you where were you living at that point what I'm what living uh in um jonesboro georgia which is okay 20 minutes south of atlanta okay so mm-hmm. typical suburban there we go environment there you go okay absolutely and what, when you started researching, like, had you traveled much before? Was this something that, like, had you been to any of the areas that you're re- researching, okay. like Honduras, yeah. Mexico, any of that? Or was this like a brand new no, lifestyle? Well, I, okay, I had, a, I had a passport. And um, being born and raised in Detroit, um, of, of course, I went across the bridge, sure. you know, or through the tunnel. You know, much easier pre-9-11 a little bit harder post 9-11. But okay, so yes, Canada. Um, I've taken cruises and I've and I've been to Cancun and Cozumel and things of that nature. Only ventured out as far as the tourists and mm. what was offered as an excursion for those things. That was it. That is okay. the extent of my out of the country traveling. Other than that, just travel throughout the states, you know. Yep. Okay, so yeah. this was this was essentially a brand new world to you. You had not been a world traveler. You were there not. There you go. Exactly. Okay, right. so that's cool and interesting because <laughs> what were you feeling then? Like, I obviously the financial pressure was like, oh well, this would be cool to do if I could get somewhere cheaper. And I'm looking at these numbers. It's easy to look at numbers on a website of international living. And be like, oh, thousand dollars a month. That sounds great. It's another thing to say. Wait a second, Honduras. Uh, what is that like? So, what we were you go. feeling as you were researching all of this? That that's a great question, and feeling is the key word there. Because as I researched each one of these places, it was about residency. What what resonated with me? What kind of lit something or flicked something inside me that continued that research? Or did I reach that roadblock and say, "Oh, nope." Not, not that. Nope. No, you know. So for me, it was uh, the location of 
Mexico, Mexico, the area that I live in, and I'm 30 minutes from the Guadalajara airport. I live in a state, Mexico has 32 states. I live in the state of Jalisco. Jalisco houses the largest lake in the country of Mexico. It's called Lake Chapala. And around that lake are all types of quaint towns and villages. Oh my God, don't let me start it on that. But um, 30 minutes outside is Guadalajara, which is the second largest city in the country of Mexico. Mexico City is the first, of course. Right. So, um, and I'm just 30 minutes from there. Uh, so, and I'm three and a half hours from Atlanta, my home base. Really? It's a three and a half hour plane ride from the Guadalajara airport, which is 30 minutes from where I live. Yep. To my home base, which is Atlanta. So you could essentially, you can do it in four, four and a half hours, obviously get to the airport oh early, stuff like that. But it's, yeah. it's the same as if you're, yeah, I can get back. Sure. Yeah. It's the same as if you were going Atlanta to Seattle or, or, or maybe even shorter, you're, you know, of you're course. crossing the border, of course. But um, all right. So then when you were looking at this and you were making your considerations and you're like, sure. well, well, let's go through those. What were some of the things when you start with like, Hey, here are the 10 places or 15 places. That's, that's a good list, but it's still 10 or 15 places that you sure. know probably not much about. Sure. And each of those is a country. So there's Absolutely. places within that country. What did you start kind of making a checklist of saying, well, here's stuff that I want in a place and then striking uh, things off? Um, well, location was number one. Here's, you know, the, the thought of being able to get back. I don't, I, I don't want to have to take a day or two days, mm. you know, if, if, if it's further out, you know. Um, so, so Thailand was out. There you go. Deep South America was out, <laughs> like even Argentina go. and Colombia's getting a bit far. Yeah. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So location uh, was one thing. And then climate came in. You know, I started checking off, you know, um, I was looking for having been born and raised in Detroit. Okay. I get winter, but then I spent 11 years in Las Vegas as well. Um, That's where I raised my kids. So I get that heat. Um, Then uh, four years in Atlanta. So I get that heat in that, in, in that humidity, but just something blended in the middle where it's not killing, stifling me, but yet pleasant. The area that I live in, in Mexico, the Lake Chapala area, is second in the best climate in the world. Okay. It's spring-like, um, 90% of the time. that there, And there's different blooms. Even though it's spring, you still get those seasons. Like right now, mm. it's, a, it's a dry season. And around the second week in June, the rain comes. And oh, man, the, the mountains bloom broccoli. You know, it becomes a whole different scene. But all through the year, there's different blooms for spring, for summer, for fall. Yeah. And so what did you, okay, so you, you now, you know all this now and obviously you did a, right. quite a bit of research. Sure. What did you do? Like, how were you finding this stuff out before going? Because I think that would be one of my trepidations uh, and probably a lot of people is this analysis paralysis. You could, you could sure. research forever. Did you have like one resource that you're like, hey, I tr- trust this and oh my it breaks it down I'm so and I'm going for it. That question. I'm so glad you asked that question because um, once I decided on Mexico and once I decided on the that area, 
that Lake Chapala area. Then I started joining Facebook groups Hmm. pertaining directly to that area. And they were very welcoming and there was questions being, and I followed threads what led me to more research on different things. And I'm telling you towards the end, I was using Google street view because I already knew where I was getting ready to live. I had already talked with um, and had secured my condo. So from there, I was using street Google. I knew, because get this, I didn't do any recon in that area before moving there. All my thing, everything was done online. Right. Everything okay. from, from getting my place, uh, my visa, you know, and we'll talk about that too, because that's one of my considerations, the visa. I'm resident day, permanent day. So I have a permanent residence in Mexico Always a United citizen, always a U.S. citizen. Right. I just happened to reside in Mexico. Okay. Okay. So you were doing everything online and, and you, you, you got to the Chapala region because you just started saying, all right, easy to get to. Guadalajara is close. Right. Climate. Climate. Okay. And so that and just was expat, like. Right. That. Okay. And then the, the, the third, that was, is three top things, location, climate, and then the expat community. It's a very large American and Canadian expat community. Matter of fact, there's a village in my area called Ahihik. And in that village, it's full of, yes, there's, of course, locals there, but it's full of uh, expats. I would think it would be not 90% expats who come and um, it's, it's the, the hub, if you will, of the north side of that shore. Of, of the lakeside shore. It's the expat hub. There's a place there called Lake Chapala Society. And it's kind of like the headquarters. Okay. Where when, when you land there, you land there and that's where you get all your information and kind of, you know, and you've already through my research connected with that, knowing that that's the place that you need to get to, to settle. If you're, if you're coming to the North side of the lake. So, I noticed that the expat community was number one, large, and number two, active. Mm. Oh, they, it's so much going on. I mean, I'm telling for, for someone retired now, I understand living, at least living on the, uh, the, uh, in Mexico, on the, uh, in Lake Chapala, it's like six Saturdays and a Sunday. Okay, that's what the week nice. is. Six Saturdays and a Sunday. <laughs> nice. You got one day where you're like, oh, let's let's chill out on the activities here. Let's let's rest a little bit. Only go out for lunch, right? That's it. All right. So you're living you're living the good life down there. I, I promise you that I am. I okay. promise you that I am. And and here's the thing. I just didn't want to work until I couldn't work anymore. Yeah. And then and then live substandardly. You understand so, what I'm yeah, saying? I, I, of course. I, the, the expat life is is active. And I have, for okay, example, um, I hike now. I hike in the Mexican mile. I, I was born and raised in Detroit, lived in Las Vegas, yeah. then moved to Atlanta. I'm a city girl. I'm concrete jungle, if you will, right? Never hiked a day in my life, but... Through the Facebook groups, I, I came across an Ahihik uh, hiking group, 
and I started following them. And in my mind, I said, you know what? When I get there, I'm joining that. I'm going to hike. I'm going to join that. I have joined. And, and I did, uh, you know, started off with a broomstick and some gym shoes, hiking the Mexican mountains, uh, over 200 pounds, mind you. And there were people, uh, expats. Now my friends, 10 and 15 years, my senior taking that. And I'm telling you, I'm 56. And there were uh, friends 10 and 15 years, my senior killing those trails, laughing, talking. I was a hot mess. But I want to tell you, I've lost uh, close to 40 pounds. Wow. And um, I am an avid hiker now through the uh, we hike on Tuesdays and and Fridays. But I'm saying they're they're living they're yeah, you're doing, you're, you're, you're yes. doing your best life. And you're, yes. what I love That's about that for yeah. you is not only is, and we're going to get in the price and the cost and all mm. in a little bit, but not only is, sure. does that allow a certain stress-free kind of mentality, but because you're going to Mexico, you're like, Hey, this is different. And so yes. I'm going to like reinvent myself yes. a little bit. Like, even if you didn't have exactly. the financial stress, you might not go hiking Atlanta because you're like, oh, my friends here don't hike or, <laughs> right. you know, like, or there isn't somewhere we want to go hike. You, you Listen, can reinvent yourself. Trev, the, the self-discovery that mm. takes place with a move like this, the, the expansion that takes place within with a move like this. I, I don't even know if there's words for it, but yeah, you're, you're right. These things that you do, this reinvention that takes place, this self-discovery you know, that happens. Cause get this, I'm 56 in 20 years. I'll be 76. I hang out with 76 year olds. I, my hike leader is 80. <laughs> you understand me? He's Canadian. He's 80. Right. So, so it's given me a whole nother perspective. My paradigm has shifted. And now I'm like these next to live it consciously. That's what this just expanding myself the way I did moving abroad, you know, and embracing different culture, different language, a different way of living, living comfortably financially, but, <laughs> but um, expands you in a way that uh, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm finding that more people uh, have done it. And even more are considering it. Yeah, you know? it's it, it's like when people ask me why I travel, right? It's it's sometimes hard to put in words, but that essentially is it, is that anytime I'm going somewhere out from where I live or where I know, yes, my senses are going to be alive. I'm going to be yes. heightened. I'm going to yes. be aware. I'm going to yes. try things I wouldn't try before. There you go. And you're just like, well, this is how I wish I lived every day and and I'm not saying to run away from from certain problems but it's very hard to do that even if we know it I know. it's hard I know. to do it when you get home because I'm sure you I slip know. back into the same routines because it's comfortable and so I need that push of traveling to really sometimes push my comfort zone even if I could do it when I was home I just yes. know myself well enough to know that I, I, I don't push happening. as much as I'm but going You know to. what? Listen, Trev, it's funny that you would say that because right now I'm, I'm stateside. I'm stateside. I, I head back to Mexico um, in two weeks, in 10 days. But I've been here um, since April. So I've okay. been I've traveled uh, stateside since April. And you're absolutely right. What I do there 
um, those habits that I have there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold true to it (laughs) as much as I can here, but now it's like a visit here and you're right. Cause I watch everyone else in the matrix almost I'm observing and I see, and I get it. And I know, I know why it's that way. And I get that. And yes, it must be done. I have two, one thing that made it easy for me. Yeah. I have two, uh, two kids, a son and a daughter. My son is um, 28. My daughter is 25, married um, and has a one-year-old. I have a grandson. Right. But what made it another thing that made it quite easy for me is that my kids were adults and adulting pretty well on their own, you know, so so that made it easy. Um, but they're in the major. I'm, I'm here now in the States and I'm watching, you know, I'm visiting with them and I see I get it, you know, and that just makes me even more thankful that i've that you <laughs> the took way the we leap. look at it that yeah. i took the leap there you go so let's let's talk about that because you say it's easy because your your kids are adults but I, a lot of people could use that as a crutch because they're like oh well i have a, a one-year-old grandkid and <laughs> and so that's holding me back like any anyone can look at their situation and say this is why i'm not doing it we all know that a lot of times the real reason is is fear and all that and yes. and that that's okay like for a little while and so we mm-hmm. want you to get past mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. what was the feedback from your friends and family when you came to them with this plan saying hey guys wow. i've only really been on a cruise i've been up to canada i'm moving to mexico i'm moving to an area called chapala <laughs> None of you have heard of it. Uh, and, and I'm going to do it like I, I, this is my life. Like not all I'm going for a month, but you're right, saying right, right. like, this is I'm what I want to do to move out the country. Right? Yeah. I'm committing to this. So I'm committing. Right. What? I mean, that's, you know what? And, and <laughs> it's so funny that you would ask that. Listen, um, the questions came that, that and, and the what came However, this was my response. Once I made once I made the decision that this is what I was going to do and then announced it to the world because I announced it kind of like on Facebook. I mean, once you put it on Facebook, you're out there. Right. That's right. Hey guys, I'm getting ready to spend the next year or so planning. Um, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm moving to Mexico. As the questions came, I could always say, hey, listen, I'm you know, I'm researching that right now. Um, you know, I'm gathering information about that. The only thing that you need to be concerned with is that I'm doing it right now. I'm going through, you know, I'm in the mix of learning and I don't have all the answers yet, but they're coming because they came as much as they did and they continued to come and things really lined up for me. And, And that whole year of planning and preparing, little did I know that I was I was actually writing a book. Hmm. And during that first year of living in Mexico, um, I wrote a book, Considerations, a guide for moving abroad. And it is it pretty much outlines because I was taking notes, because I was doing the research, I was able to go back to that and pretty much just write about my experience of doing this. Um, considerations, each chapter. It's 10 chapters. Each chapter is a consideration. And these are things that you should consider if you're moving abroad. So it's like consider. And my first chapter is faith versus fear. Hmm. What you were talking about, faith versus fear, getting past the fear and then taking that leap. 
you know, um, then consider finances, consider visas, consider downsizing, consider family and friends. And it's funny, it's a story in, um, in that chapter, family and friends. My mother is 83 years old. When okay. she was 82, when I moved to Mexico, she was undergoing a lot of health issues, a lot of health issues. I'm the youngest and the only girl. I have two older brothers. So when I moved to Mexico, when I moved to Mexico, my mother didn't even know that I lived in Mexico for close to a year before she found out I could not. And I told all family members, if you tell her this, it will kill her. So who wants that responsibility, right? Right, right, right. So right. no one said anything. And she wasn't on Facebook, you know, at the time, you know, Facebook was the devil, you know, was Satan. And um, so I was kind of cool. And with cell phones, how do you know where someone is when <laughs> right, you talk to right. someone on the cell phone, right? So as far as I was concerned, I was still living in Atlanta as uh, through this whole year of planning and preparing, then moving to Mexico, she thought that I still lived in Atlanta. But here's the deal, family and friends. Wow. Mom recovered from all of those health issues. And at 82 years old, she got a Facebook account. I never saw it coming. I talk about that in the book. I never saw that coming. You're 82 with a Facebook account. I live, social media is a large part of my life. So therefore everything is out there. Right. So at the time that she got that Facebook account, I was in the States. Uh, that was last year. I was in the States. So I knew before heading back across the border, I was going to have to let her know that my, okay. Okay. Remember. Okay. So I actually live in that. <laughs> so you may have seen a picture of me in Mexico. That's actually right. my home. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what ha what was her reception to? Oh my God, Trevor! Listen, listen. She was not happy. And here's the thing: this was her whole thing. She said, "You lied to me." That was her whole thing. You lied to me, but. Mom, I, I, I could not let you know that I was moving to Mexico. You were undergoing surgery for colon cancer. You have diabetes, COPD, Crohn's disease. There, you're 82. No, I'm not about to tell you I'm moving to Mexico. I'm not I'm not going to do that. You know, to right. my, I'm in Atlanta. That's where you're going to think I am. Her bottom line still was you lied to me. Interesting. So do yeah. you think there is truth to now. that? Do you think there's truth to the fact that she was more upset that you didn't tell her than actually that you were in Mexico? Oh, oh, huh. I mean, I guess only she would know and she yeah, might not even know the answer to that. But right. That's wow. I, I I never thought about it. So like, I, yeah. I I'm waiting I'm waiting for the punchline wow. of you being like, and she's moving to Mexico with me. Oh no, but, uh, no, that's not <laughs> happening. She's still there with dad. Dad's 90, 97. Wow. Okay. Seven on um May seventh. So no. They're, yeah. They're not coming to Mexico. They're, they're not, not going to become the new hiking leaders. Oh, for your absolutely not. Yeah, they're on a whole different uh, <laughs> timeline when it comes to aging. You know. But, yeah. When you started doing this, I, I know you would say you committed to it and you told people on Facebook in your, 
your head or, or maybe even like, like, did you say I'm going to go for a year and I'm going to try it? Did you like, or were you saying like, were you like, this is it? Like, I'll come back to the US, but I am moving permanently to this area in Mexico. That's exactly what took place. Okay. That, no, I'm not, I'm going to go. It wasn't a, I'm going to go try this out for a year and, you know, and see how this works. It was, I downsized 90% of my household. Okay. So you burn, you burn the boats, basically. You're like, I, hey, I, did, I, I, I can't come back because I don't really have anything to come back to I, other than friends there and family. You, I don't have my stuff. There you go. Exactly. Okay. And, well, let's talk I, about how, I, I what did that look like? How liberating mm. that was. And, and a whole chapter on downsizing, you know, and the last piece of liberation that I received was when I sold my car. Okay. That was it. I have no transportation. There's a lot of expats there. A lot of my friends have cars. Yay. But to be able to, um, and that helps, you know, because like, Hey, pick me up. But, um, to be able to liberate yourself and be comfortable with either catching a bus, which I do in Mexico, 35 cent, but I'm in this little town on the North shore, bus fares, 35 cents, seven pesos. And it's a 10 minute ride to the left or 10 minute ride to the right. And then through the neighborhoods, sometimes you can take that straight bus or you got to go through the, the neighborhoods, which is cool too. I mean, it's just cool, but everyone, that kind of life is, isn't for everyone. You know, right. they're going to need their car. You know, they're going to buy a home. I rent a one bed, one bath condo with a fireplace and a mirror door with the lake in front of me and the mountains behind me. Yeah, anyway, tough life, tough life. <laughs> Look, interesting. Let's talk about the accommodation because that obviously is, a, is my guess. I could be wrong. One of the biggest stumbling blocks for people is like, well, how am I going to find a place to live? What if I get there? The place isn't as nice as I thought this and that. How did you find your accommodation and have you been fine with it? Comfortable with it? Oh my God. Mm. So listen, um, again, I'm shouting out Facebook groups. You know, they are out there. They, um, they must be and, you know, joined and entered and participated in because that's your, that's a lifeline that at least for me, it was a lifeline into that new life I was heading to. You know, I had uh, uh, a few people even actually waiting my, arri waiting my arrival, knew that I was coming because we met on uh, in one of these groups. And from there, they kind of adopted me, took me up under their wing. And we've become uh, lifelong friends now, you, you know, through those groups. So, again, I just want to make sure that they uh, that people know that's where you, you know, Start. that's a lifeline for me. And that, and is that where you started looking for accommodation? You just put Absolutely. out there like, here's through who I am. That. Here's I was, what I'm I, looking to spend. Here's what I need. That. And then I joined, um, um, I found my condo on Chapala rentals, you know, but right. I was on three different, three different sites checking every day. Um, and then because I was taking Google view, and going through, you know, the neighborhoods and looking, I kind of knew where I wanted to be. I was like, you know what? Oh, Ahi Heek is like 90% expats there. You know, that that's like a little American village almost, you would almost think. And I said, I don't want to be that. I'm, I'm here for a different experience. 
Chapala is uh, to the left of me is like 90 percent Mexican. You know, so you really better have that language down. And, you know, if you want to flow there, I'm learning Spanish. I'm getting better every day. But I wasn't there yet. The top my the town I'm in in the middle, 50 50. Nice. You know, so but only researching and going through where, you know, was I able to find that on Japala uh, rentals. So it was through that that I was able to find that. And it's perfect for me. There's others who come down who keep their cars, who buy homes, who live west Ahihik, you know, and they and they have the um the gardeners and the maids and the swimming pool and and then that's cool too, you know, because yeah, become I, I, friends I, with them, that's oh, for sure. Oh, I am. Oh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Don't doubt <laughs> that I am friends. And and it's so cool because over there we're all in that same boat. You know, um because I'm African-American, people would say, ah, so are you experiencing, you know, you know, racism? I mean, are you seeing anything over there? And especially from my tribe here in the States, being African-American, I mean, they're looking at me in Mexico around all of these white people. I mean, I mean, it's, <laughs> they're like, my God, you, you know, look at you. It's so different. But listen, it's not about race over there. Um, because we're in the same boat, because we're living this unique, exceptional, this unique, yeah, non-conformist so, lifestyle. You okay, you're clear. Okay, that's exactly <laughs> how it is. So um, it's just the human race over there. It's just the human race over there. And um, so, no, I don't experience. Now, is it much of me over there? The Afri <laughs> that African-American, that, that black single uh, female? No, I can count them on one hand. <laughs> and they're my friends too. Yes. <laughs> but because of the move that I've made again, that's my light work. I'm opening up. I'm kind of planting some seeds and watering some plants along the way. That's what considerations a guy for moving abroad. I think it was so easy to write that. And, and just to give my experience of doing that again, just planting some seeds and watering some plants. What did you think was going to be the hardest transition to moving abroad? And then what have you found actually has been the toughest part of it? And, and are they the same thing? Hmm. What did I think? Mm. The, okay. What I think was going to be the hardest was the disconnection from so we're talking friends from friends and family, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we're not talking. Hey, we're going to another state. We're not talking Detroit to Vegas and Vegas to Atlanta. We're talking the the U.S. to Mexico. You know, different culture, different language, different way of living. So, I, if anything, it was that. Wow, what? You know, I was concerned. Would I get there and have this? What the hell have you done? that never happened. <laughs> really? I got over never. There. No, it never happened. I got over there and it was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was never, there was never a moment that you sat there thinking, oh boy. Like what the I, hell have I done? Yeah. No one moment though, Trev, it was one moment and it was six days after arriving. Okay. Six days after arriving, I lost my cell phone and I left it in the back seat of, and uh, I had no transportation. What what happened was I Walmart 
Yes. Infamous Walmart is a 10 minute walk from my condo, um, okay. from where I live. So, um, I was so proud of myself. Hey, day six, get ready to go grocery shopping, you know, get some things for the place. So I walked to Walmart, not grocery shop, talking to my daughter. This chapter is in there too on communication. I tell this story of, uh, how I lost my cell phone, but talking to my daughter and I'm shopping and I'm showing her FaceTiming, showing her how different the Walmart in Mexico is from the Walmart in the U.S. It was time to go. Um, had a cab, right, you know, sitting out there waiting for me, took me back to my condo, you know, took my groceries in, you know, to my condo for me, pulled off. And as I'm putting up groceries, I said, oh, where my phone? It's my phone. So now I'm doing this frantic search with my phone and it hit me. I left it in the back seat of that. So now um, I, I, to make a long story short, this <laughs> uh, you can read about it in the book, but I was crying profusely, not able to speak the language, not able to communicate that I didn't have a phone, I can't, and it was everything to me. I don't know the language, I've only been here six days, I don't have my phone, which is a lifeline, you know, yeah. so. Um, that was the only time that I said, what the right. hell have I done? Cause I felt, but the story ended well. I was going to say, we can't leave it. We can't leave it hanging. I mean, that is good for people getting the book because they're like, uh oh. but, but we'll, we'll, we'll tell them there's other good stories. What happened with the phone? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, fortunately, little did I realize I get back to my place. And my tablet rings. I'm in Wi-Fi. My tablet rings. I do have. I didn't have my phone, but I had my tablet. And through that, I was able to communicate and do everything I needed to do. And now, uh, of course, I have a Mexican phone. Mexican okay. cell phone. Nice. So you yeah. didn't get the actual phone back. No. no. But, but the tablet that, that, now that, served that as your lifeline. Me into, yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had one moment. I'm glad you had one because I was like, oh man, if she's never had a, a tough moment there oh, with that. baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you had one moment where you're like, what is going mm -hmm. on? And mm -hmm. so you thought that the disconnect would be the hardest part. Disconnect from yeah. friends, family, from yeah. your culture. I, I assume exactly. the way you're speaking, did, has anyone come and visited you, friends or family from one the U.S.? Person, okay. Okay. My cousin actually moved into the home that I moved out of. And that's the home that and my my situation is a little unique. Yay, because this home still serves as my home base. Um I just renewed my license and they're good till 2027. You see okay. what I mean? So this is my home base. This is where I receive my um I don't receive much mail. Everything is pretty much like I say, internet. But this is where um, my license is connected to. It's where I vote. Okay. You know, so this is my home base. So, and I talk about that too. Anyone moving abroad, um, how are you going to handle that home base? If 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 that's you know those certain things you need to consider holding down a home base as far as right. your mail, voting, and and. and how much connection you want to have sure. in dealing with, you know, 
your life in the States. Because so, of course our life is in the States, right? Yeah, and, and you still have friends, family, and you're, I, I like you're saying, I'm not, I'm not running away from the U.S. I'm not going to renounce my citizenship. No. You know, there's a ton of people who do that for all types of reasons. You're sure. just saying, I'm going to go live somewhere that's cheaper and that I enjoy right. more. There I still want all my connection and, and all yes. that. So you thought the disconnect from friends and family would be the hardest part. What has been, because it sounds obviously your life down there, you're super excited about it and you're super <laughs> happy with it, but I what know. has been the biggest or a few of the things that you've had to overcome? I, and I don't want to call them struggles because it might not even be that big, but things that you just think, all right, this is something that took me a little while to get over and to get used to and that I've had to deal with since I've been in Mexico for the last couple of years. <sighs> Trev, would you believe me if I said nothing? I have nothing for you, man. Okay. Hey, I, I listen, have nothing for you. <laughs> that, that means that you really are leading <laughs> the good life there. What I have nothing for you. What would you think yeah. would, would be for other people? Like you might, have a more positive, let things flow off you mindset. Yeah, I, and hey, I, uh, I, you probably caught that. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely caught that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that positivity and enthusiasm, that's coming through. Don't worry. Um, so what what are some of the things, because obviously considerations and you're talking through different things to consider. What are some of the things that other people coming might have to deal with that you're saying like, listen, overall, this life is going to be better or, or could be better depending on mm -hmm. the person. But here are some things that you should be aware of that are going to be different from at home uh, that you have to get used to. Uh, okay. Um, your pets. I don't have a pet, you know, although I, I am an animal lover, but those with pets, that's going to be a huge consideration. Those with cars, um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your pets? That's something to consider. What are you going to do with your car? Do you, do you want, are you going to uh, not have one? Or are you going to, where are you going to live? See, I live centrally. So therefore it's a quick bus ride, a taxi, or now I have friends, you know, that, you know, who have cars. Um, it boils down to how do you see yourself? What's, What's essential for you? Mm, you know, yeah. pets, transportation, location, and how involved do you want to be? Listen, Trev, there are gated communities, you know, in Mexico where there are expats inside that that really don't too much come out for. You know, their world is inside that everything is tended to, mm. you know, it's damn their resort style, if you will. You right, know, right, right. Um, yep. And, 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 and they don't, you know, come out and mix much. How do you see yourself dealing with the locals? How do you see yourself dealing with learning the language? You're in another country. You're a guest. So how do you see yourself being that guest? How involved do you see yourself being? Are you helping the community? You want to do dog rescue? You want to be at the orphanage? I mean, those are the kind of things. Or do you want to come here and get behind your gate? And your right. gated community and live well. I mean, you know, it's it. It depends individuality on that person. Where are you on that spectrum? Yeah, you know? yeah. And some of that stuff you could probably figure out beforehand, and some of it you, you'll probably 
figure out why you're there a little bit, you know, and, yeah. and, yeah. and it might take a little while, but I do think you're right that there are certainly, I'm not gonna say three different types of food, cause there's a lot, you fall on a spectrum, but you have of the person who's like coming to just be part of the culture and literally doesn't want any other expats around. There and you go. When exactly. I, when I lived in Japan, we, we, had, you know, there was, there were certain people who was like, send me to the furthest Japanese like town away from anyone else. And mm-hmm. they just wanted that experience. Everything else but. The yes, culture. they were. They, they just wanted a, a completely different experience. There was then yeah. plenty of people who were like, I'm coming here because it's cheaper because of the weather. But I, I'm not, not that they don't care about the culture, but I'm not as interested in being involved locally. And then there's like, as you said, kind of the way that your town's put up, like the 50-50. Right. I, I want my conveniences. I, I, I want to be able to go. have my friends who- There you go. Who's an expat, well. but <laughs> I, I don't want to- yeah, I don't want to hide. I don't want to pretend that I'm in anywhere like a Truman Show bubble there and I don't go. even know what country I'm in. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. that's interesting. That it, it, it's There are definitely different types of people and it's something I think to consider. Now, when you talk about that, uh, the other consideration or one of the m- huge considerations and you said for you, the whole genesis, the whole tipping point for you to even consider doing this in the first place was finances. So let's break that down a little bit. What is your monthly finances look Excellent like? Excellent question. And in my in in that uh, chapter in my book, it's in, uh, entitled "Consider Finances." Hey, listen, I get eleven hundred dollars a month. That's my pension. Okay, eleven hundred dollars a month. My rent <laughs> in the States was $1,100 a month, right? But anyway, but there in Mexico, that $1,100 allows me to live quite comfortably, actually, Trevor, I'm be honest. My rent in my one bedroom, one bath, again, fireplace, mirror door with the lake in front of me and behind me is $500 a month. Okay. Now- you wow, and then one would think, oh my God. Well, then you only have six hundred dollars left to live on a month. But get this, my electric bill that comes every other month is nine dollars. <laughs> my gas bill four fifty a month. All right, yeah. <laughs> my gas bill, it's twelve bucks. My internet, it's twenty. My cell phone bill. And I got all the bells and whistles. Yeah, bells and whistles. <laughs> it's uh, $15 a month. In the food, farm to table, damn near, extremely uh, less expensive. Yeah. Than, now, would, do, do you eat out? A bunch? Do you um, do you cook? I, Is it a hey, mix? You know what? Excellent question. Fifty fifty. Okay. Fifty fifty. You love the fifty fifty. Yeah, man. Right, right. right. Just I mean, have, let's, let's get balance, man. Let's yeah, get balance. It's a little balance. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going out to a meal and it's just at a regular restaurant, like give me your favorite restaurant in town. Nothing okay, too okay, fancy. Okay. I'm, I'm, no, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I, I love. I have come to love tacos like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Oh, I'd believe it. I oh, love tacos too. I'm just saying. Anyway, whole nother level. Um, so I go out and I want three shrimp tacos and a couple of beers. I'm out six bucks. I want right. to go out and I'm going to another, let's say upscale. 
Oh, we're really doing it tonight. If we're really doing it with a filet mignon, um, a couple of glasses of wine, whatever, I'm spending, oh, my God, 14 bucks. All right. I'm just 14, 15 bucks yeah. when, I'm, when I'm really doing it. When I'm just, oh, and when I'm just grabbing a snack, let's just talk about a street taco for, you know, just a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're out like two bucks. Something like that, maybe. You know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, you could say it seems to like you're. you're so that say, I say all that to say that six hundred, even after I pay that five hundred dollar rent for a great place, right? A wonderful place. I got six hundred in a country that will allow me to make it. Now, if I don't just go crazy and. Uh, eating out all the time and I stick to budget, you know, for the most part, I could still save 180 to $200 a month. Wow. Yeah. So you're, you're living well as a single person, you're living well for a thousand bucks. Obviously you could, (laughs) you can cut that, you know, like if, if you're like, Hey, I want to save more money. You can cut that down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Main thing, rent 500. Yeah. Once that, and yes, I only get eleven hundred dollars a month, and that one check takes care of everything. Yeah. For that month, but sweetie, I'm not missing a beat. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. I'm not missing. No, you're getting beers, wine, filet mignon, (laughs) shrimp tacos. You're not missing anything. And then I have rich friends. I mean, I'm not just saying. (laughs) Hey. That's, that is the good life, and I think that that that's indicative. You, I mean, the obviously the rent can can fluctuate depending on what you want, but a nice one bedroom, 500 bucks and food from what I've noticed being in Mexico. And, and usually I'm in the more touristed areas. Although I've been at, off of it a little bit and I haven't lived there, but you could cut essentially your food bill in the U S by down by two thirds, almost Thank like it, it, it's kind of a rough you estimate, but, but there yeah. you go. You understand completely. I love going to Wednesday market, the open market, the open Tiangas. You know, where you're getting, where they're taking the hacks and hacking off that, you know, the chicken for you or going into the barrel, grabbing those shrimp for you or the, the vegetables that's just laid out for, you know it. Yeah. What, what, what more do you want? So then have you had much of an opportunity to get to travel around Mexico? Excellent have you, have you done that? Question. Listen, um, like I said, I head back to the States, uh, June 8th. And the the second part of this year, 2019, I am going to spend now that I've been there a year and a half and I'm going to take this next six months. I think I'm going to start, you know, I've been like to Puerto Vallarta. I've been to like the beach and a couple of different excursions. But now I'm kind of going to dedicate a little bit more time to explore now that, hey, the book is written. I've, I've settled. I've rooted. I've nested. Now I'm I'm gonna branch out a little bit more and do some day trips and start. Um, the country's beautiful, just just yeah. from the area I'm in. But I have friends who travel more throughout Mexico and and bring back stories and pictures. I, yeah, I'm gonna do more of that. Nice, nice. You're gonna treat yourself even more now. You're oh, just gonna do it in a different way. There Very cool. What has been? I know you met. Like life has been good down there. We cannot sugarcoat <laughs> that. Like it's obvious to you and yeah. and anyone listening that that this has been an absolutely incredible opportunity. That yeah. That not that you were given. That you took the reins I, on and said, 
I'm yeah, going to yeah, decide yeah. to do this. And now you're trying to do that for others. Yeah, but yeah. what have you had a mishap or was the biggest mishap? The, the cell phone, the, the losing the cell phone and you're six days in or, has, or is there anything else that you've done that you thought, oh boy, like I've got myself in it a little bit here. No? no, it's the cell phone. All right, well, <laughs> we'll have to check back in on you. I'm sure something will happen once you start getting out there. It'll happen. I, I just, I'm so excited for people to listen to this. People who have been listening, if you, if you're interested in doing the same thing, please, please, please grab the book and and really, I love how you laid it out that each yeah. chapter is a it's specific a theme. Yeah, specific yes. consideration. Tell people how they can find that. Like, where's the best place for them to go to grab the book? Okay. Um, it's on Amazon, and you can simply um, put in considerations, a guide for moving abroad, or just put in my name, Queen, Q-U-E-E-N, D, the letter D, as in Danita, Michelle, with one L, Queen D. Michelle. Queen D. Michelle in Amazon will yeah. get you will come up. Yeah, yeah. All my stuff. Yeah. My stuff will come up. Awesome. Do you have social media that p- people can follow your journey? on? Oh my goodness, please. Hey, please go to um, Facebook and go like to considerations or at considerations and uh, I'll pop up the book will pop up and uh, like that page. Nice. Like that page. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, showing that anyone can do this, but especially, as you said, you, you have a target market. And, and I know that sounds like very marketing, but it's not meant that you're just yeah. saying, I'm speaking to people Planting some who, seeds. who find themselves in the same situation, who yeah. want to retire, who want to lead the good life, who, who might not be able to have that same type of life somewhere in the US, and especially solo females, women of color, yeah. what have you. I mean, you're doing it with, as I said, with almost any type of obstacle someone could come up with or, or reason not to, you're doing it in spite of all that. So I just want to say thank you so much for, for being a role model to the people who want to do it. And yeah, plant. I like that. You're planting the seeds. Yes, I am trying to plant the seed or water it. That's right. That's right. There may be a bunch of people. You might you might go back to Chapala. You might go back to US, come back to Chapala. You're like, wait, why are there 18 new retired middle-aged solo females here? Hey, listen, right. They're already saying, look, we're, you know, like they do with Atlanta. Look, we're full. <laughs> no one else come. You know, yeah. Oh, that is incredible. And and so you don't see any in the future, you don't see yourself moving to any different area. Like for you this this is hitting all the marks for you. It's hitting all the marks. It's awesome. hitting all the marks. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Queen. I, I super appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat today and your enthusiasm, your positivity. I mean, it radiates to the podcast. I get to see you on the screen yes. and it's like it's like we're sitting next to each other having some cervezas <laughs> and tacos. Yeah, they, it's like they don't even know, do they? <laughs> they don't know. We're having a good time here. A very, very good time. So I just want to say thank you for, for breaking the mold and for the, the positivity and enthusiasm that you bring to it. And you're just saying, let's all have fun with this. You're having fun. You're leading a good life. So thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, for your continued support, for listening, and for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. Until next time, guys, happy free travels. And Queen is dancing us out here. So thank you. (laughs) 